Hey, listen, it's great to see you all, and it's great to be with you again, and I, and I want to leave you with something before you go on fall break that I think is important, and it's not just important for, for me or for you at the moment, it's important for us to continually remind ourselves what it means to be a Christian and how we need to be in our world. And if we follow these really easy guidelines that Paul lays down for us in Colossians, we can make a difference almost without trying, and that's important. Uh, we live in very difficult times. I cannot tell you since I saw you last year how many people I've spoken to who are in despair over our current political situation in the United States. Uh, all I can say is that it's, it's, it's horrifying for some people. It's, it's brought terrible depression and anxiety into our country. It's even divided Christians in our country. There's always been a little bit of a denominational kind of divide, you know, Methodist and Baptists and Evangelical Free Church and Presbyterians and those kind of things. And we have all divided over time, but now more than ever, the divide has become apparent in our, in our world and in, in our country especially. Um, today, even maybe worse, is that because of what's happening politically in our country, people of a secular walk in nature... Um, look at Christianity, and they reject it pretty much outright now. People saying things like, if, if this is what it means to be an evangelical Christian, to support this kind of character and this kind of behavior, then I don't want to be a part of that. I hear this quite a bit in Bozeman. I hear this quite a bit in other places in our country. They are so put off by what is happening that they have become completely disenchanted with Christianity and have put their hand up and say, no, no more. How do we fix this? Well, part of this is, is, is simple. Part of this problem that we're having with this disconnect is I believe that the church has forgotten in many ways, in many instances, how to follow Jesus. I mean, that's what we do at the very heart of who we are is we follow Jesus. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. But we have somehow forgotten how to do that. And politics have entered our faith life in a way that's become poisonous. Now your chapel series this fall is Practical Christianity. How do we be and do Christianity? Well, let me tell you, there's nothing, uh, I should say it this way, uh, Christianity is one of the most practical faiths that there is. Sometimes you go, oh, no, it's full of thou shalt do's and thou shalt don'ts, or there's too much theology to try and memorize. The truth is, the truth is, before Christianity is a belief system, it's an ethic. They go together. James said, faith without works is dead, right? They go together. What we do and what we believe are inseparable in the Christian life. So to experience, for you and I, old and young, to experience a meaningful Christianity, it must become a part of our daily living. In other words, when people look at you, do they see Jesus? Is Jesus a part of your daily person? Do people see you in your friendliness, in your mercy, in your willingness to go out of your way to help? Do they see that or do they not see that? So the question comes back to you guys is, do we know how to follow Jesus? Can we do that? 
The truth is, is if we follow Jesus, we can thrive in our world and our world can become a better place. I want my world to be a better place. I want this part of Kansas to become a better place. But it's going to take us rethinking what it means to be a believer, what it means to follow. Let's start with our text. It's a real interesting scripture text, Colossians chapter 2. I think we have that, right? Can you pull up that text? There we go. New American Standard. Colossians 2, verse 6, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. Verse 8, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. For in Him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in Him you have been made complete, and He is the head over all rule and authority. And in Him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our transgressions having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display over them, having triumphed over them through him. Now, I didn't bother counting, but I'm sure that Paul uses the phrase in him at least 10 times in that passage. And that's something that you and I need to imbibe from heavily, is what does it mean to follow Christ in this passage? So this is really simple, you guys and gals, but I want you, as you get ready for fall break and to go and enjoy yourself, I want this to be part of your thought process. What does it mean to follow Christ? First, it means this, walk with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. Some translations say, like the NIV says, lead your life. Or maybe it just says live, but I promise you, walk is the right translation in this passage. Peripateo, to walk, right? Walking is the best. Now there's a preposition here that's important too. Gosh, sounds like a geeky academic now, and I apologize a little bit. The preposition in, as in in him, is hain. Some say en. But it's translated a number of different ways in the English language. It's translated as with, in, by, through. And Paul uses it a lot here. And this is important for us. You see, we cannot live life, the life, to which God has called us without being in Jesus. Without being with Jesus. Without understanding life through Jesus. If we have received Christ Jesus as Lord, Paul says we have to go the extra mile. We live life with him. We need Jesus' assistance. We need his help. We need his wisdom. 
We need his power to live as a human being. And friends, it doesn't matter who you are or what you do. It doesn't matter if you're a soccer star, if you're going to be a teacher in the state of Kansas, Oklahoma, or anywhere else. It doesn't matter if you're going to be a small business or a large business person. It doesn't matter if you're going to be uh, an actor or an actress. It doesn't matter if you're going to be a musician. It doesn't matter. Life in and with Jesus will always be better than life without him. Always be better. Walk with Jesus. Paul says, walk with Jesus. This isn't just believe in Jesus. This is walk with him. That's make him a part of your daily life. That doesn't mean you have to become a blabbering bibliophile. Right? It doesn't mean that everywhere you go, you quote scriptures at people and have a big cross and that. It means that the virtues of the Christian life as the Holy Spirit infuses them in us, right, are on display. And the greatest of them is love, loving people, right? Walk with Jesus. There's a film that I, I've come to enjoy a little bit. Uh, Simon Pegg, does anybody here ever heard of Simon Pegg, the actor? He was Scotty in Star Trek, right? In the most recent version of it. Well, Simon Pegg is in a movie called uh, Run, uh, Weight Challenged Boy Run. Uh, fat Boy Run. Um, but that's offensive, so Weight Challenged Boy Run. So Simon Pegg is, is a weight challenged man in England and he has a girlfriend. Uh, he has a son with this woman and they're now separated out and he loves her and he wants her back. She's about to get married to another guy. The other guy is a really super high-powered executive who runs marathons. So Simon Pegg thinks if he could run this marathon and maybe do well at it, then he can win this woman back. Right, you know? So I'm watching this show, and it's interesting to me because Simon, he tries to do it, but he smokes and drinks, and, you know, it's just kind of hard. But all of a sudden, something starts happening with him the most curious group of people start surrounding him. His landlord buys him some, you know, time. He says, I'm not going to charge your rent because you're going to run this marathon. I'm thinking you're finished, but I want you to do it. I'm going to have you do it. A friend of his comes in and buys him shoes because he didn't have marathon shoes. Another friend of his starts to wanting to try and train him. Of course, I don't think he's trained anything, but he starts to try and help him. So finally, Simon starts to run this race, and we're, I'm going, oh, there's just no way this guy's going to finish this race. I couldn't finish this race. I don't think he can finish this race. So he takes off, and he's trying to stay up with the, the boyfriend of, of, his, of, the, of the love of his life, and they get caught up in each other, and the boyfriend trips and pushes him. And Simon falls down on the ground, and he tears himself up and, and sprains something, we think, but he goes on and finishes the marathon in a record time of like 24 hours or something. 24, I mean, it's, it's, it's midnight. But the amazing thing is, is he's ready to give up. But all of a sudden, people notice that he's still running the marathon. And so they start coming around him and they start encouraging with him. They kind of run beside him and run with him. And he's kind of doing it this fast so, you know, anybody could keep up with him. And he's just dying and he hits the wall and, his, and people reach out to him and, and even the girlfriend comes and sees what's happening and she's at the finish line and she's saying, come on, you can do this. And he gets up and he finishes it. He couldn't have finished the race alone. 
He couldn't have done it. He needed the people who loved him and cared about him to help him along the race. And that's true about us and about our lives. We need to walk with Jesus. Jesus wants to walk with us. He wants to make life better for us. He wants us to attain the things that we desire in our lives, whether that's being a successful athlete, a successful actor, actress, successful teacher, doctor, lawyer, etc. Life is better with Jesus, so walk with him. Secondly, I love this one, dodge the distractions. Dodge the distractions. That's really, in so many ways, uh, what the, the meat of this section talks about. Talks about our world, talks about empty and deceitful philosophies, right? So in our world, in intellectual, emotional, physical, and moral ways, it derails, it distracts our walk with God. And it does that by captivating us. It captivates who we are in our imaginations. And once it does that, it binds us and it makes us ineffective. It frustrates us. It doesn't fulfill us. You see, this captivity to whatever it is, is superficial. It's not real truth. It's not helpful for you or life. And it depletes you rather than filling you. Maybe it's money as a distraction. Maybe expensive clothes. Maybe cars, movies, fame. Maybe it's a new way, a, a, new, a, a new theology about who God is. Maybe it's an idea that you heard somewhere else that says, you know, I'll just do this. I don't need to do the Christian thing. But in the end, my friends, I promise you it's empty. It doesn't fill you up. It binds you. Friends, you have to recognize and call out and dodge these superficial distractions. There are places where Paul says avoid. Avoid every kind of evil, right? But in the world, and you are in this world, I'm in this world, we simply have to have the wisdom to dodge the pitfalls for ourselves. You see it coming, you're walking with Jesus, Jesus kind of nudges you and says, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing. Maybe we ought to walk around that. Or maybe you really like what's happening there. Maybe I want to do this. You know, maybe it's the greatest contestant show that comes to, to Sterling. And it's on CBS. And you want to do this, but something, eh, I don't know if this is a good thing. They're asking me to do things I don't think I, I need to be doing. And so Jesus really has to force you to dodge it. Ooh, dodged a bullet there. Whew. You've got to dodge these distractions in our world that so quickly and easily derail you. Um, at Mon in Montana, in Bozeman, uh, yeah, it's it snow. I don't know how much snow you got here, but we got four inches at my house. It was really strange. Fall lasts one week in Montana. One week, and then it's over, and it's winter one. So it snowed, and I remember going to the football game that day. Montana State played some inconsequential somebody. Um, uh, who did we play? Idaho. We played Idaho in the snow. And, uh, you know, it was cold, probably about 20 degrees. I don't know how cold it was here last week. It was about 20 degrees. And I'm watching the, the game, and I'm watching from the end zone, and we have a new tailback. His name's Isaiah. I like that. Isaiah. Ifonsi, and he's from Washington. And on the first play from the line of scrimmage, after the kickoff, they hand him the ball, and he takes off. And there's 11 guys trying to tackle him. Seven of them got his hands on them. 
But somehow he rolled, he switched, he shucked, he jived, he dodged. He dodged, dipped, dived, ducked, and dodged. Yeah, you saw that too, huh? And he scored a touchdown. Everybody was trying to stop him, but he scored the touchdown. He was able to successfully negotiate the field to get there. Friends, that's life for us. There are all sorts of things that would like to derail us, but you've got to dodge those distractions. The truth is, you can only dodge them, though, if you're in, Hain, Christ. With Christ. That's how you dodge those problems. That's how you dodge those distractions in Christ. Which leads us to our third and final point. <sighs> live in Christ. And live doesn't just mean biologically dwell and breathe in Jesus. It does. But it's way more than that. It means dynamically exist with Jesus. Dynamically. Dynamically. Paul goes to great lengths to describe this life in Christ. And he does it by saying, in him, over and over again. In him, over and over again. And then he spends way too much time on circumcision, which I'm not going to spend much time on at all. But let me summarize, let me summarize for you what Paul wants to say in verses 10 through 15. Verse 11, you have been marked for and by Christ. You have been marked for him and by him. Verse 12, you have made, been made clean by him. All your sin has been put away. All that nastiness that's gone on, is he's, he's taken care of that. Verse 13, you've been made alive with Christ. Alive with Christ. Verse 14, your junk has been nailed to the cross in Christ, with Christ, by Christ. It's all gone because of what he has done. Verse 15, at the cross, he defeated all those worldly powers through his actions. So that means when you're walking with Jesus and you're going towards something, there is that still soft voice that says to you, says to me, Jay, this is not the right thing. I need you to back up, take a step and go around this. It's not going to be good. It can't work out for you. He's done it all, but you have to live in him, with him, by him, through him. You see, living isn't simply about eating and breathing and doing your own thing. It's about being in Jesus. Paul in Galatians 2.20 says it best, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Friends, only Christ can make you complete. Only Christ can make you wise. Only Christ can make you an extraordinary human being. In him is what makes life possible and what makes sense of life. I'm looking at the clock. I am really. Let me, let me, let me say this in closing. When I was a kid growing up in Bethany, Oklahoma, um, I wanted to be a mailman. My, my dad worked at, the, at a Western Electric plant, kind of the phone plant. My mom was a secretary for an old company, and we kind of made life in the suburbs. And I thought the, the mailman was the coolest guy. He got to wear a uniform and drive a truck around all day. I thought that had to be a cool thing, right? And I really, really wanted to do that and to be, to be that. Later on, I wanted to be a teacher because I thought that was pretty cool to help students, right? But when I came to know Christ and said, okay, Lord, here, you can have it. 
I not only became a teacher, I had a chance to teach at the United States Naval Academy. I had a chance to be a United States Marine. I had the opportunity to, to teach band at Baylor University. I had the opportunity to go on and get six degrees. I had the opportunity to go around this world and tell people about who Jesus is. I've had opportunities I could have never imagined because I just made this decision to walk with Christ. So let me challenge all of you today as you go out on fall break that you walk with Christ. That doesn't mean that you have to be some kind of monk or nun or wear a habit or wear a collar. It means that you live the love of Jesus every day, everywhere you go. Can I pray for you? Father God, thank you so much for these students. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that you are giving them to be world changers in Sterling, in Kansas, and beyond. And I pray, Lord God, that you would show each one of them in their mind and in, in their souls, through your Holy Spirit, Lord, the great things that you have planned for them. Father, I pray that each one of them would make that choice to walk with you so that life can be full and extraordinary. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. And I don't know where we are. Uh, team, do you want to come up or are we done? You're dismissed. Woohoo! Thank you all. <laughs>